From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm Omar DeWint, Communications Executive here at Cervera Real Estate. Joining us today to talk about rising real estate insurance rates in 2021 is Fernando Alvarez, partner of JAG Insurance Group. Fernando, thanks for being here. Thank you, Omar. Thank you for having us, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's our yeah, it's our pleasure. And um, as we close out the year here, this will be our our final episode of uh, of 2020. I think a year that we can all agree was uh, was challenging uh, one for for all. Um, but you know, as Miami does, and as the people in the city do, we power through and we find a way to persevere. So we're very excited about. Um, getting into 2021, what we hope will be uh, a brighter year for all, uh, right? But something that is important for people to know out there as we're seeing continuing migration trends and more and more people wanting to call Miami home, uh, you know, insurance rates, especially for homeowners, uh, becomes a a hot and relevant topic. So we're really glad to have you here to shed some light um, on that for, for us today. But before we get into the meat of it, Fernando, um, help our listeners get to know you, your background, and sort of uh, what brought you here to today. So Omar, thank you again. So, so uh, Jag Insurance Group is owned by uh, Doug Jones, Fernando Alvarez, myself, and Luis Catatua. Um, we're actually, uh, it's a brand that's five years old. Prior to us becoming Jag, we were the old Weinstein Jones and Associates, which was a firm that had been around for about 37 years. Um, Doug's father was an expert in, in, in the thoroughbred racetracks, and we used to insure thoroughbred racetracks all across North America. Um, prior to that quickly, I used to be, uh, I played baseball and I was in the minor league for the, with the Chicago White Sox for quite some time. And with my career ended, uh, I ended up uh, getting into the insurance business. I went to work for Doug's father, uh, along with Lewis. And we just started to build our books of business. And as time uh, went on, uh, we just decided to, to kind of innovate and take, take our thoughts and ideas uh, and, and, and really put uh, an emphasis in trying to change the retail distribution of insurance, which, which we can talk about later. Um, and one day at the Bookmore Golf Course under some tequila shots, this is how it really happened, at the ninth hole, Doug Lewis and I, and I will always take credit for this, uh, I looked at Doug and Lewis and I said, why don't we start a company called Jag? And Doug and Lewis looked at me and said, Fernie, you're nuts. What, what, what's Jag? I'm like, dude, Jones, Alvarez, Gazzatua. Uh and we kind of said, let's put our books together uh, and let's, let's, not, let's not practice insurance the same way that everybody's doing it. Kind of like everybody's running on their own, like a rat race. And I do my thing, you do your thing. Let's put something together. Let's create, let's create a culture. Let's do something unique in this industry uh, and, not, you know, and, and change the way that, that people buy insurance. Uh, and, and we did that. And, and, and we're all about building a culture and bringing transparency into an industry that I, I think in my professional humble opinion, lacked it for many years and still does lack it. I think people buy insurance and they don't really understand how that quote got to the table for the most part. Uh, and I think that when you make insureds, when you bring that transparency and you bring that authenticity into uh, a prospect, uh, a client, they just feel that much more comfortable. At the end of the day, you saw a beautiful product that people could touch and feel, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, and people's emotions run high and they're happy. And they show, like, when I bought my house, I just bought, uh, we'll call it my, you know, my wife and I's dream home. Sure. And, you know, it was amazing, amazing experience. I sell paper for a living. So it's really, it's very rarely that we get a thank you. But what we do sell is peace of mind and we sell ourselves. And, um, and I feel that we have a fiduciary responsibility uh, to our clients and to our insureds, you know, our, I always say our number one job is to protect our, our, our people's, our clients' net worth and balance sheet. Uh, and when you entrust us with millions of dollars in real estate, you have to make sure that you're trusting the person that you're working with. And I think that you earn that trust on my side by bringing transparency, by really make dummying down how you buy insurance. So a lot of times companies think that, you know, they're hiring us uh, on their insurance agent and, and they're bidding. And really, you're just hiring me to buy insurance on your behalf because I know how to buy it on your behalf. And, and we get paid a commission for doing that. Uh, and that was just our emphasis. So we've really, uh, I, I thank God, we've, I think we've built something very special. Uh, and, and, and it's because we have great people as well. Uh, and when I told you the word culture, it, you know, I think that's a word that's used very loosely uh, today. We really, really we're all about our employees. And if we can put our employees in the best position to succeed, we feel that in return, that energy is gonna be exuded to our clients and the client experience from a service perspective, from a knowledge perspective, um, the client is just gonna have a much better experience buying insurance. And I think insurance is, is a sour taste in many uh, people's mouth, uh, rightfully so. Uh, and, uh, and our goal is to might sound corny though, but I do like when you know when you buy coffee at Starbucks. I personally don't think the coffee is that great, but you go to Starbucks because you enjoy walking into Starbucks. You sure. enjoy the atmosphere. You enjoy the experience. I love when I walk into the one specific here in Coral Gables, and people just say good morning, good afternoon, and they're they're so kind. And they're when you exude that peace and energy, I think it it really does a lot for for your for your company and and for your clients. So. I couldn't agree more. It comes from the top. Um, culture is, is, is ever so important and the people that, you know, carry down that vision. Um, confidence and, and sort of a sense of, of certainty is huge on our end, too. You know, I mean, we're, we're of course, selling the tangible dream home, but uh, the home buying process itself can be overwhelming, especially for first time home buyers. So having somebody that, that you know, is, is holds your hand, guides you, um, keeps you in the loop is uh, is critical and glad to hear that, that that's part of your ethos. And of course, I mean, I can vouch from personal experience that they, the best ideas come uh, uh, inspired by tequila. So I'm with you there. <laughs> no doubt, man. That, that's how it really happened. If you actually walk into our office, we have a picture that we took that day and it's got a nice little label and whatnot. And it's, it, was, it was really common sense. It was fundamental. Let's put our thoughts and ideas together. Let's go build a brand. Let's go do something different. Uh, and, and we're doing that little by little. And we've, we've, we've come a long way. Um, and even during this year, you know, I humbly say it, we, we continue to grow even during COVID. Uh, and I say that humbly because I know that many industries uh, and many people out there are hurting. So to know that we've built a very solid financial company um, is, is I'm gracious for, I think, uh, um, it says a lot about what we're doing, uh, but it also says a lot about our employees as well, man. They, these people are, are unbelievable. They really are unbelievable. 
Awesome. Well, and best of luck to you and, and, and the team. So on that note, let's have a conversation, you know, let's have a, a transparent um, and, and informative talk. You know, what we love to do here is inform, intrigue and inspire realtors and professionals. Um, you were telling me before we, we got on that we can um, expect a sort of uh, tidal wave of, of property insurance spikes in the year to come. So help us understand that from a basic level and sort of set the table for us. Okay. I, when it comes to, so let, 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 let me, we'll, we'll take a step back. I, I don't, I think rates are going up. Okay. And they have been going up, but I do believe that there's solutions out there and there are still good deals. It's how you understand the risk profile that you're underwriting that really makes it and determines the outcome of how the underwriter is going to price that risk. Mm -hmm. so what do I mean by that? AI is changing the game in the insurance industry and in the real estate industry and uh, in, in every in any in every industry uh, uh, pretty much. So AI is there's there there are engineering software programs that have been developed by very smart people and actuaries who take this you know take they you you submit to them the risk the underwriting characteristics what you know the year built the construction characteristics, whether or not an asset has uh, impact windows, whether it doesn't. So you just take all this information and this information is plugged into a software engineering program. One is called AIR, the other one's called RMS. That program spits out a rate, gives you a rate, gives an underwriter a rate and says, hey, for this asset, this is where I think we should, we should be, okay? From a rate perspective. Now, that senior underwriter or that underwriter who's looking at that file because of his or her experience does have flexibility to play with that rate from AI. Hmm. Sure. It's giving you like a baseline where to start and then- Correct. This okay. is worst case, but now it's my job as your insurance broker to really go out there and convince the underwriter, this is why you should create some rate flexibility and here's how we're going to get there. And I think the way that we're going to get there and what we're doing at JAG and, and other insurance agents that um, understand the business and are, are great at what they do as well, um, they're really leading and we're leading with claims advocacy, which is a okay. huge, huge component that is underestimated in the insurance industry. And what is that exactly? So what that means is we not only not only do you have to sell the insurance, but you also have to mitigate the asset and bring in programs that help insurance minimize losses to maximize the insurance company's profitability, which in return allows you to create rate flexibility as time goes by. That's, that's I think, one basic fundamental component. So, for instance, we have a risk management department that literally would meet with you. If you said, Fernie, I've got a high rise on Brickle, it's worth hundred million dollars. This is the replacement cost. We will go in there. We would prepare a, a, a full submission from pictures to flying a drone over it, to showing uh, our underwriters uh, uh, the roof, all the updates, um, anything and everything that we, that we feel is important for the underwriter to see that can help create rate flexibility, okay? So giving them a context of here's, you know, we started with the baseline from AI, but here's the actual 
you know, uh, tangibles, let's see, of the, the state of, of the property. Correct. Correct. With that said, okay, and I say that because I just, I, I everybody keeps saying there's rate increases, or rate, and there is, but I also, I think what, 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 what we've done here at JAG, okay, and I'm not trying to make this about us, but we go, we, we, we see our industry is very good at selling fear and trying to drive fear down your throat. Sure. Okay? And worst case scenario, and here comes the tidal wave and we're all, no, no. I, I can tell you there are still good deals. With that said, overall, are we seeing rate increases from an entire market perspective? We are. We are. Underwriters are pushing for that. But you can push back with what, how, what, what, what I told you. And they're doing that based on reinsurance costs. And that's because in the last three years, whether or not people actually believe this, you know, insurance companies, for the most part, aren't as profitable as people think they are. And that's because you've had, you know, in 17 or 16, you had, Her you had Hurricane Harvey, you had Irma, you had Maria, you mm -hmm. had wildfires, you had earthquakes, which all these reinsurers that are insuring these insurance companies with which write insurance, not only domestically, but on a global level, all become effective. So with reinsurance going up, that now drives the market. How does that happen? Well, it's simple. If an insurance company is insuring a building for $10 million, okay, they're buying reinsurance on that. So they're giving you a piece of paper that says, hey, Omar, I'm insuring you for $10 million and this is, a, this is the rate, right? But what you don't know for the most part is that they bought reinsurance on that asset, which means if there's a loss and that insurance company has to pay out a tremendous amount of money or, or whatever that money, let's say they have sure. to pay 10, the total loss, they give you a check for $10 million. They now can go after the reinsurance company and collect X amount of what they bought for that asset. So it's kind of like insurance on their insurance. Correct. So when reinsurance goes up, all the insurance company is mm, I see. passing on that cost to the end user. Right, because they're, I guess they're, let's say their proceeds or okay. you know, it's going right. down, so, right? So the insurance company is, a, is buying reinsurance. His mm -hmm. reinsurance went up at thirty, went up thirty percent. They're just going to pass that cost on. And so help me understand this, because um, that's really that's really interesting. So reinsurance, or I guess when when rates do or don't go up, is that an annual thing? Is that always at the beginning of the year? Or how, when is that determined? Well, that's determined. So you buy reinsurance in the month of, of, of January, and you buy reinsurance in the month of April. Okay. So what happens is that the reason why you're start the reason why you started to see the rate increases in the first quarter of this year actually actually it started to happen at the end of the first quarter the beginning of the second quarter is because all those claims that happened in 16 17 and 18 pretty much don't affect people's balance sheets for quite some time you know mm -hmm. so some of these companies don't settle their claims or pay out claims for two years they go into litigation they go here they go there right so that balance sheet starts to you start start to you know those losses trend Sure. So finally, insurance, you know, insurance companies saw, look, this is where we're at. These are actually what our, our losses actually look like. And that's when you saw the market started to flip because of, again, it, it went back to reinsurance. And, 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 and it's just this kind of, it just takes time for that, for that flow of losses to kind of occur. So what so happens it, in 2016 doesn't really hit your balance sheet to like. 
you don't really see it hit you hard for like two, three years later. We've had, I'll give you an example. We actually had a, a, a large condo contact us yesterday to file an Irma claim. Irma from? Because it's stacked oh, yeah. cases <laughs> Right, right. So that was from two, two years ago, right? 2018. Correct. Which is a topic. That's a whole different topic. But that's another reason why insurance companies, specifically in Tri-County, are a little bit more concern from a claims perspective because there's a whole lot of different attorneys sure public adjusters it's just a whole lot of moving parts so the, and the wheels get set in motion whenever you know there is let's say an environmental impact or a hurricane hits us you can already start in your mind anticipating a couple of years down the line rates uh may be impacted correct and as and does that apply universally to both condominiums and single family homes yeah 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 so what we're talking overall real estate right now okay got it because the, basically their their bottom line is impacted so that for their customers in general expect Correct. the rates to go up from a homeowner's perspective if you ask me Fernie, why are homeowners rates continuing to go up i would say the same thing it's been the hurricanes and then water damage i think water damage is 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 a is a is a covered peril that is sometimes, um, to be honest with you, I think it's sometimes a, 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 a very common claim that's very abused. Water damage. Yeah. How so? I think that, and I say this respectfully, I just think sometimes if you have a water damage claim and it happened in your bathroom, somehow, some way it ends up <laughs> The being, entire master bedroom and uh, maybe... The entire home... <laughs> needs to be changed but now we're going to redo the floors because you know that you can no longer find that tile and that tile was so uh, you know amazingly expensive and now we got it you know and it just claims become in my opinion somewhat exaggerated and i think that we also don't help ourselves from a rate perspective because carriers in some and i don't i, I hate to use the word discriminatory but I do think I, I write assets in 38 states, and I can tell you that how an underwriter looks uh, at assets in South Florida and how an underwriter looks at assets in Charlotte, North Carolina, are black and white. They're two <laughs> different uh, perspectives. Sure. And I think it has to do with uh, uh, with the culture down here, uh, sure. and, and, and with the climate and statistics. Statistics don't lie, right? They say if you write in South Florida. Actuaries are smart, dude. These guys are mathematicians. They live in a box and they're able to figure out and, you know, zip from even from zip codes, Omar. I mean, it's so wow. specifically designed, you know, of what the losses look like in the 331343, 33134, 33157. Uh, it's just amazing what AI has been able to, to bring to the table from a loss perspective. Um, so are you saying that that's super interesting? And, so what and analytics, we'll call them. Right. It's, it's, big, it's, it's like it's like Moneyball. It's big data. Right. So it's Correct. just kind of like bringing it down to that, that science. That's um, that's awesome. And listen, like uh, 
Miami, you know, with the good and the bad and, and the people aspirational in nature, you know, can't 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 blame them. But uh, it's it's funny. I could see that, you know, in black and white there when we're talking about South Carolina um, uh, to Miami. And so that's something definitely to uh, to keep keep in the back of your mind. Uh, now, you mentioned um, so you mentioned down in, in zip codes and I want to talk a little bit about uh, best practices uh, for homeowners. So with regards to the zip codes, um, is that something that so what your insurance uh, uh, company would sort of educate you on that like if I'm a potential home buyer let's say like how much does the the zip code and the insurance rates or should it factor into your analysis on on your home purchase? Um, I don't I don't necessarily know that it should be the driving force behind it more than year built but what I can tell you is you know. Um, if you go buy an older home in, in, in Coral Gables and it's it's a home that's built in, in the 50s, it's not going to model as well as a home that's been built in in, in, in 2020 or 2019 or whatnot. Sure. Uh, and that's because, you know, a lot of these homes have cast iron pipe. Uh, they don't have circuit breakers. They have aluminum wiring. That's a huge fire exposure. Uh, the roofs aren't, you know. La trosa, the, the, the trusses of the roof aren't as strong as they should be because, uh, yes, you, you've actually replaced the roof covering, but the trusses have not been replaced. So the wraps have not been replaced. So, again, there's, there's many moving variables, but I just think from they, they are able to dial down even from a zip code perspective where the older homes are and, and where they're not. But I would say, right. but essentially, uh, the year built is is a is a plays a higher I determining factor. The year built is what's definitely affecting. Makes sense. Uh, uh, more uh, is is really the driving force uh, of how uh, underwriting looks at, at an asset, and it's and, and and that's another thing that's happening is you know capacity in Miami-Dade County is becoming much more limited. So, got an email yesterday from an insurance company that says, "Hey, you know." We don't want to write any anything that's, you know, if the dwelling is not worth, the replacement cost is not $300,000 or more, and the home wasn't built in 95 or newer, we don't want it. So now the, mm. the market is shrinking and shrinking and, and, and becoming that much smaller. Um, Interesting. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, you're listening to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. We're here with Fernando Alvarez, partner of JAG Insurance Group. We're talking about uh, real estate insurance rates and uh, the rise that we will see in 2021. Um, for, uh, Fernando, so or Fernie, I should say now, because we're on, you know, we're on Fernie level. Um, talk to me a little bit more, as you were just saying about. Um, you know, migration, or even if, if you're, you've been here for a bit and, uh, but you're a renter and now you're getting ready to buy for the first time. Talk to me in your experience, you mentioned year built versus zip code is a, is a, is an important factor to consider, but what would be, let's say like the top three things, uh, that a potential home buyer should be looking at, uh, or, or maybe the top three questions for their insurance uh, provider. I will say the number one question I would ask my realtor. Okay. Make sure you hire Severa. When you hire Severa, <laughs> you ask them, um, when was the roof last replaced or updated? Okay. Okay. So Does when was the a roof last replaced or updated? Yep. Yeah. When was the uh, HVAC uh, plumbing and electrical updated? Mm-hmm. And does the home have hurricane impact windows or class A shutters. 
every single opening protection. That is Interesting. a huge driving force of how the price that you're going to obtain from the carrier, uh, that, that's what's going to drive the whole thing. So when was when was the roof last replaced? Uh, when was the HVAC uh, and equipment last replaced? And uh, does the home have hurricane impact windows and all of the, the openings? And all of the opening protections. So that includes the front door, any single window, and including the garage door. Interesting. And then I would 100% obtain a windstorm mitigation inspection that would help confirm and reflect that. And I would obtain a four-point inspection. And then I would hand that to my insurance agent and I would make sure that he has all of the underwriting information possible uh, from these reports to help him obtain the best possible terms, conditions, and pricing. So that's going to be the that, uh Yeah, that's, that's, that's really that's helpful. That, let's say that again. <laughs> that's, that's a must. They've, they've, they've got to do that. Because if you go buy a home and you don't have a windstorm mitigation inspection or, or a four-point it's it you're just going to get some probably really really high exaggerated rate because there's no documentation uh reflecting what you're stating because you can call your insurance agent and say hey hey fernie you know what uh i'm buying a house the roof is brand new and it's got impact windows but you got to have supporting documentation uh Stating, you know, on, on what it is, right? You're, you're telling you got to add, uh, how do they say, uh, cross your teeth and dot your eyes, uh, and and also give your insurance, I guess, um, uh, professional the ammunition. I guess it's what you're saying too to um, to negotiate a better rate. Because if you don't, too, I, I would imagine, um, if if you don't ask those questions, let's say, if you don't go through that process, what's going to happen is maybe you're going to have a tougher time finding, um let's say affordable or good insurance or even getting insured at all. And if you're, if it's your client, let's say if, if, as a realtor's perspective, you don't want your client to get hit with a huge bill or a sort of a, a get, um, how do they say a surprise at closing time? Correct. 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 So those, those are fundamental principles that should be practiced when buying homeowners insurance. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, more and more, I think that insurance companies are actually going to make it mandatory because they want to make sure that whatever price, you know, when the market is soft, right? When things are going well and there's no losses and cash is coming in or capital is coming in, think, you know, underwriters are much more flexible. But when you, you know, in the last five years, things have have become much more uh, challenging due to, you know, all sorts of different losses. So underwriters are being forced to, to make underwriting profits. So, you know, they work for, for their senior underwriters and whatnot. And if, and if a house has a loss and and you gave it a credit and you had no supporting documentation, well, guess what's going to happen to that underwriter? He or she may get, may, may you know, may, may lose her job. And we've seen in the last six months, I've seen some underwriters, some high underwriters that I know uh, lose their, their positions because they weren't, you know, they were giving pricing out there without supporting documentation. And then you get hit with this huge loss and you realize, oh my God, I gave a shutter credit and in reality at home didn't have a shutter. And again, going back to AI, you know, when we're quoting homes uh, or, or most insurance agents are quoting homes for the most part, I would probably say hundred percent, you know, 99%, you know, you, you have a login and a username password and I say, we're going to quote a home with a frontline insurance company. So our account executive goes in there. She does a replacement cost estimator. She's plugging it in and then it's her job to plug in, you know, 
is it FBC equivalent? Does the home have single wraps? Does it have class A shutters? But if you don't have that documentation, then your agent or, or your account executive or the firm that you're using can't really maximize uh, and, and help you as best they can without that information. So that's that's just fundamental and it should be uh, a, a part of, of, of the homeowner's uh, buying process. Okay, so and just in case, once again, our listeners miss that, um, Fernie's recommendations here when you're looking at uh, the questions and going through the process is you're asking about the roof when it was last uh, replaced. You're asking about the HVAC equipment. You're um, checking to make sure that you've got hurricane impact on all of the windows and openings. You're going to get a uh, windstorm mitigation, I think you said, and a four-point inspection. inspection and a four-point inspection. Okay, so that's that sounds like a pretty good checklist to me. I like it. Um, Dude, once you have that, that yeah, once you have that, it's 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 you know, those are, are very uh, detailed professional reports that tell you exactly the year built. They even they go as far as uh, giving you the permit number of when that lap, you know, when the permit was pulled for that roof and whatnot. Uh, and and it's just really going to make it's it's going to help you buy and secure the best possible rate in the marketplace. I like it. And now, when it, as it relates to commercial real estate or even industrial, as are there any variables or any different factors that should be taken into account? Kind of the same thing, but or not. So, like, it's it's funny, you know, Miami Dade, Miami Dade County, for the most part, when it comes to high rises or a uh, you know brand new construction, we have the best code, arguably in the country. So, you know, our developers are building reinforced concrete roof decking on their roofs, impact windows. Uh, uh, you know, secondary water resistance, the construction characteristics that the, the, the county uh, ordinance is, is that's enforced is, is absolutely tremendous. I actually think that the entire country should adopt it and our losses will come down. Uh, but I think that's a whole topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> they keep, you know, it's, I can't figure out why they continue to build, you know, frame homes in Tornado Alley. Sure. So yeah, it's like, you know, know. I know, but, you know, Omar, if you don't do the same thing over and over. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it's like fool me once, uh, shame on you, fool me twice, right? So <laughs> they got to wake up. They got to wake up. But I just think, yeah. So anyhow, the the the, 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 the newer buildings in Miami-Dade County or in Tri-County, or even in, even in all of Florida, they're very, very strong. Now, when it comes to the older assets, you know, we're talking about, you know, your typical garden style uh, apartment facility or, uh, you know, your industrial warehouse or your Bay areas or your uh, garden style condominiums. I would also suggest that you make sure that you're um, obtaining a windstorm mitigation inspection as documentation that you can give to your insurance agent that he or she can now give to their underwriter, because that also goes a long way. Uh, and really, you know, I would say he with the most data probably wins the game mm-hmm. because data is what's driving, again, going back to our, our conversation earlier, data is the driving force and AI is the driving force behind these rates. And the more solid information of construction characteristics that you can provide an underwriter and, 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 and these software engineering programs, the better off from a rate perspective, you're going to be. And on top of that, if it models better, guess what? You can enhance your coverages. You can buy more coverage for less money. You follow me? Mm -hmm. You can enhance your terms and conditions 
because he asks us that much more protective. Um, but I have also seen in certain, you know, in Miami-Dade County specifically, there are still lots of, uh, you know, condo associations out there who aren't updating their, their facilities uh, because they don't want to spend X amount of money uh, to replace their roofs because for whatever reason, but what they don't realize also in return, again, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a realtor, but it only makes common sense to me that if I'm a realtor and I take a client to an asset that's been updated, well, I think that that asset now is much more healthier, much more attractive to buy, right? And you're just bringing, you, you know, you're just gonna create more equity in that condominium association because it's healthy, it's, it's, it's been rehabbed, it's, it's more attractive versus you taking somebody to an asset that nobody's so you, doing, you know? You, you, that's interesting. That um, like, yeah, no, it makes, it makes a ton I, of sense. I, but I, here's, I tell here's, my clients all the time, like, I want to move some, people want to live somewhere nice. <laughs> right. You know, 101, dude, mulch does miracles. Like cut the grass, make sure you edge, throw mulch, paint, and right. have nice That curb appeal and right. Yeah, of course. But from a roof perspective, I think a realtor has a huge advantage by taking their client to a facility that's like, look, you're not going to have an issue here. All these roofs have been replaced. They're working on impact windows. This is a long-term play. You're going to grow here. You're going to have equity here versus a place that's just, you know. I, you know, I'm really glad. Uh, I'm cared by the management company or by the board or whatever, you know. Right, right. So I let me. I think so. No, and, and I agree. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to give you the question from a different perspective or I want to um, let's look at this. We were talking about single family homes, right? So you're talking about improvements in the condominiums. Let's look at uh, single family homes for a moment. And if you're the actual homeowner currently potentially going to sell maybe because it's a hot market to sell, how would you what's your advice on um you know, the same concept of building equity and making your, your, your listing more attractive, but how does one uh, gauge the ROI, let's say on the cost of replacing versus what you're going to get for the listing or how does, how much does it improve the value? Or is there a way to sort of, what's your, what's your advice on that topic? You know, it's funny. I, everybody, everybody's financial situation is different, but I do believe that if you enhance your home, if you want to resell your house or, or, or the day that you're ready as a family to put your home up and list it in the marketplace, I think your home, especially in Miami-Dade County where the inventory is very low, mm-hmm. you know, I think you make your home that much more attractive to buy now versus, you know, there are people who want to go and buy a house and rehab the whole thing and, and then beat the crap out of you sure, in their sure. purchase price. But there's also people like myself who wanted to buy a new home because I know that I want to sell insurance and I'm not in the business of rehabbing. I don't want to call 50 contractors. I wanted right. to buy a new home. I knew I was going to pay, you know, 10, 15% more, maybe even 20. But at the same time, I don't have to do nothing to it. Mm-hmm. It's brand new. It's got impact windows. It's beautiful. It's up to code. And, and that's how me as a, as a consumer, I made my decision, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize the stress that it costs to rehab your house. Now, right. if you're a contractor, if you're a realtor, you guys are, you're in that game. You understand that game. Mm-hmm. But for the ordinary person who's working nine to five every single day, uh, who really uh, 
wants to build a home, you know, buy a house and not be in the business of, of, of calling. Whole headache and right. right, man. And I think that sometimes, you know, lo, lo, in Cuba, you know, the Cuban say, lo caro. you end up <laughs> buying this asset and before you know it, but you bought it for X, but you didn't realize you were, you know, you had to put another $150,000 into it and then you, you're stressing yourself off for no reason. So, you know, when I sold my home, I had a home in Palmetto Bay. I live now in South Miami. One right. of the things that I did was I make sure that my roof was, 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 was intact. I, I, I you know, I fundamentals. I, I make sure that I, I repainted my house. Not that I think I needed it, but just, I gave it some nice little touches. Mm-hmm. Grass is cut. House is clean. Uh, and my house sold in 48 hours. I could not believe wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've heard of it. It's, it's happening now. It's happening. It was actually now. overwhelming. I never expected that. Uh, <laughs> but, but I do believe there were several homes in Palmetto Bay. So I'm speaking from experience, but I knew for a fact from the homes that I had seen in comparison to mine, same size, same year built. I knew that my house had details that others didn't. And that, and I think that was a crucial setting point. And I think that's where I, where I want. And I think that could happen at any market. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I had sold my house back then for, I think it was 865. It was 865. So it was, you know, a house that I bought for $500,000, three, four years later, I sold it for, for that much more money. Yeah. Uh, obviously demand and whatnot, but there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, by me taking care of my house, uh, I didn't overdo it. I didn't do nothing crazy. Uh, but yeah, to my point is I do believe sure. there's, there's a value add and, and making sure that you're that we under your house. I mean, take yeah. care of your house, man. Attention you know? to detail. Are you, you know, gonna, it's... Are you going to get, are you going to get killed? You know, or you, or, or you're actually not even, you're putting your real, the realtor you hired, you're taking leverage out of him because he's like, dude, I want to sell your house for this. But what you don't realize is that there's a lot, that, there's a lot that needs to be done. And I think if you can meet halfway, uh, you're, you're, I think you'll, you'll, you'll recover your money and take a lot of stress out of your life. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. Amazing insights here from Fernando, our friends call him Fernie Alvarez, partner of Jag Insurance Group on Miami Real Estate Podcast. Once again, you can find us on Apple, Spotify. You can even ask Alexa about us. Uh, make sure to leave us a five star review. We always love it and appreciate it. Um, for, so, Fernie, to wind this down here, we covered some great stuff. Great tips uh, from you from for the home buyer, uh, homeowner looking to sell, you know, our realtors looking to get their clients some great insurance uh, rates. Um, but a big question that I have for you playing off of the environment, uh, and it's been one that we sometimes, especially in the real estate uh, sector, we, we like to shy away from. But I think it's important for us that we are transparent and inform our listeners here on the podcast. So I want to ask you about sea level rising. And uh, from the perspective of, I'm not sure if you knew where I was going with that. You were like waiting for the big drop. Um, so sea level rising as an environmental perspective. Somebody said to me the, the other day, and I thought it was interesting. They said, when insurance companies stop insuring, that's when you have to worry about it. Um, and, and I'm kind of like loosely paraphrasing there, but, the, but you get where I'm going with this. And I guess my question to you is, what is your outlook? Uh, what is, you know, what do we think is happening here? Okay. I think that's an excellent question. It's a, and I, here's the one thing I'll, I'll say is, in, in my professional opinion, I do think sometimes that insurance companies are way too reactive versus being proactive. Insurance companies tend to, to just react after the fact, right? COVID's a perfect example of that. And, and where 
certain policies included communicable disease, coverage was there, other policies didn't. Many of them got sued. Contractually, they were in the right by denying claims because contractually the covered the pair wasn't covered. I think at some point, and it's happening as we speak, and I think I think I think banks are are, are the ones to really follow here. Once lending becomes a little bit tighter in certain areas, you have to start asking yourself, why are they doing that? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why are they doing that? And I think that in some some banks uh, are becoming a little bit stricter with you know securing thirty year notes on waterfront assets. Why? I don't. I I haven't spoken to a banker who's told me rising sea level, but something tells me that from behind the scenes, there's 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 this uncertainty of of, of what's happening with rising sea level. Mm-hmm. With that said, I think we need to listen to our scientists and I think we need to listen to, I think we need to become more educated and maybe, and again, most people are not going to want to hear this, but if this is actually a foreseeable future peril, that's an act of God, which, okay, at some point, someone's going to have to do something about it and start collecting funds now. Don't wait for the ocean to come into your city and all of a sudden say, oh my God, this is not covered or whatnot. Uh, I think I think it's a very, I'm not a scientist, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, I'm, I read up on it a lot. I've actually um, considered developing an insurance policy for asset depreciation mm-hmm. uh, for that. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, but I think the word rising sea level is like a bad word in the insurance industry. Yeah. So what yeah. I don't understand is that they're the ones talking about it. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see what exactly, you know, again, let's, we realize there's an issue. What are the solutions? Right. You know, let's right. not focus on the fear. Let's focus on, okay, we have a problem. What are we going to do to get better? What are, what are we going to do to move forward? And I'm not seeing anything being done yet. I think it's a hot topic. Um, it's definitely a conversation that's happening. I assume with developers who are looking to build mm-hmm. waterfront assets. Do I build here? Do I build inland? Uh, do we have, you know, we're working a, a, on a very massive deal right now, uh, um, on a piece of property in Collins. It's going to be a redevelopment. There's an asset that's there. It's going to be torn down. And then they're going to do this huge humongous project. And we're, you know, we're securing the environmental for them and whatnot and reading studies. Um, but I do think that at some point, something is, is brewing. Uh, and I'm going to give you an example. I, um, I have a boat. And the gentleman that cleans my boat was telling me about two weeks ago uh, that my ropes were, were too tight. Right? So I need to get a little, a little I'm, I'm the guy who's more slack. Like, I make the whole time I'm going over. And it's Bernie, I need some more slack because of the rising level. And he was telling me today at the average waters, or a- average, like of where he sees the water today, is what he saw the night before Andrew, in 1992. Wow! So this is a gentleman, conservative guy, not into you know, not making this a political issue, which it has become. Environmental is a very uh, politicized topic. Just being practical, common sense human being. We have rising sea levels, uh, and we got to do something about it. Um, so. I think some really sophisticated engineers will probably come up with some solutions. I really believe that some very smart people out there, very smart developers. So I, I, I'm, I'm positive that Miami is not going to be underwater. 
uh, right. and people are going to migrate away from here. But I do think uh, that's at some point some pretty uh, uh, maybe extreme measures may be taken due to this. Uh, yeah. As you know, Key West is coming out with a moratorium where you can no longer build. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of that or yep. not. Yep. And they're doing it for life safety issues. And of course, they're afraid of they're afraid of water and getting people out on time. So, uh, rising sea level is a is a very hot topic in the insurance market. Uh, but there isn't a product out there right now that I'm aware of uh, that's providing you coverage for it. Do I see it in the future? I do. I hope I see it sooner than later. Uh, but I'm interested to see on where the banks uh, who are actually you know providing and, and putting up the collateral and. Uh, uh, how they're going to go about this. I think, you know, I think I always follow the banks because follow the money, follow the um, money. And no, you said it, you said it uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it is a hot topic, but it, we, we need to be more or, or should continue, let's say to emphasize on the solutions. Right. And you have some, no some interesting points listen, there on, on the insurance listen, perspective. Like we've got to stop politicizing this whole situation. We, mm-hmm. We've got to listen. And if someone, if, if you have, if, you know, scientific evidence that's saying this and let's dude you know god yeah. made smart people for a reason they're they're, right. they're telling you it's happening don't be ignorant to it Let, let's talk about it and let's let's go hire the right people who 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 are very smart and, and have some there are people who have solutions for this yeah yeah, we can't have our heads in, in, in the sand, so to speak. But I think we'll definitely be talking about this this conversation more next year. I'd love to have you back on to participate in that, you know, to, to from the insurance perspective and maybe bring in a, a little roundtable of experts. I think it's it's uh, it'd be great to have an open and constructive conversation, right, and keep people uh, informed and create some new ideas. Keep them informed and also remove the fear. Remove the fear, right. Right. You know, remove the fear. I've, you know, I, 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 South Florida is an amazing place to live, man. Uh, it's December. Look at, look at that outside. It's, you know, <laughs> tables. it's beautiful. It's a great, you know, you can get on your boat right now. This is amazing. Let's take care of our backyard. Let's make sure that we're listening to the right people. Let's have fundamental, practical conversations. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we may have to make financial uh, tough decisions to, to, to get this thing going uh, from a writing sea level perspective, but long-term it's going to help us. So um, that, that, that's, that's my perspective on it. It's, and it's a good one. I like it. So for any final thoughts here um, for the listeners, as I mentioned, this is our final show of the year. Uh, we're heading into 2021. Um, tell me, um, you know, what else either people, you want people to know about the company or just general thoughts on moving into 2021. You know what? I'm an optimist, dude. I'm actually excited about the future. I really am. I know that, uh, uh, not to get into politics, but I know that we've had one hell of a year, you know, from, from COVID to, to politics. But I, 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 I truly believe in, in, in our country, uh, in, in our people, in our military. These are exciting times. I think that things are evolving quickly. And I think that human beings, we, we don't do well with change. Um, and, as, as, as life continues to evolve and, 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 and things come a little bit faster, I think that we're going to adapt to that. Uh, and I think the future is bright, man. I, re- I really do. And specifically in South Florida, I mean, you look at other places right now, like New York, and you know, my sister-in-law lives in LA, and it's a nightmare. Um, people can't, can't do nothing. I think in Miami, we've been a little bit more flexible. I think people are being, uh, I, I'm one to look at the good. I think, you know, People, are, for the most part, are, 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 are responsible. 
and, and, and they're doing the right thing. And, and I really do believe that once we get past this whole COVID thing, uh, I, I, I believe the future is unbelievable, man. I, I really, I'm really excited about the future. I'm really excited about our generation. I think that, I think the generational turn is here. I, I, I like, I like that. I, I feel like, I, I don't, I just feel like good things are going to happen. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, I'm an ex-athlete and I can, I've always said, you know, champions get tested. Uh, so it's never going to be a smooth sail. I think we've been tested as a country uh, with COVID, with all the other stuff that's going on. But if we can, if we can sit back and, and have a conversation and use our common sense and say, you know what, guys, we can get through this. I think the future is unbelievable. We're the envy of the world, man. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just excited about where we're going. I, uh, you gave me chills. Just, you know, it's just, just, uh, just listening. That's great. I couldn't agree more. Um, I like that champions get tested and we definitely got a big test. Uh, I think the world did Miami definitely did. And I think we've, we've, uh, we're we're under a test right now. I mean, we're still there, but you just keep walking, keep moving forward and don't my thing in life is man, don't, don't let fear lead you. And I think that's the problem. When you, when fear takes over you, 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 you become paralyzed and you make decisions uh, based on fear. And, and, and I think that you've got to operate from a spirit of, of, of what lies ahead. We're tough people. We're, we're internally strong. And, 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 and we're meant to, to go through these trials, man. I mean, that's just a part of life. It's not going to be a last one, dude. It'll happen again. But, but I really, really am from the bottom of my heart excited about our future. As am I, as am I. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a conversation with Fernando Alvarez, partner of JAG Insurance Group here on the Miami Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Fernie, uh, if anybody, uh, our listeners, if they want to call or find your website, uh, let us know where, where, where is that? You, you can call our office uh, at JAG Insurance Group. You can find us at jaginsgroup.com. Our office number is 305-842-3600. If you want a second opinion, if you want, uh, we have risk management services. If you want, if you just want to vet what you have, we're here to help. One of the things that uh, that we lead with is if you know we're just we're we're here to serve our community, help here to serve the insurance industry, but by, by again bringing transparency, bringing authenticity, and and when we do that, you know, good things happen, and, and we land more clients. And if they don't come this year, at some point they remember, dude, you know what we call Jag? They did a good job for me, and uh, we respect those folks, and 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 good things happen. So. Well, and I think, of course, if for for uh, for those that come to visit in person, make sure to bring a bottle of tequila for Fernie. No doubt about it. Man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, all right, folks, um, I'm Omar DeWint here with Cervera uh, Real Estate in the newsroom. On behalf of the Miami Real Estate Podcast, thanks for listening. We will see you next year. And remember, here in Miami, the future is always bright. Take care, folks. Omar, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Fernie. Bye.